Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Donnie Collins from the Scranton Times Tribune is going to join us today with the latest on Penn State football. And we'll perhaps we'll get into some Penn State basketball talk with him, given the news of the week. So that's coming up a little bit later on in the show. The... Eight win Pirates are tied at two right now with the Detroit Tigers. Bottom of the seventh, one out. After splitting that doubleheader yesterday from the snow out they had a couple of days ago. Brian Reynolds with an RBI single. Gonzalez with an RBI single. Gave the Pirates a 2-0 lead. The Tigers have come back to tie it since then. So, yeah, once again, the Pirates with a better record right now than the Phillies and the... I'm sorry, no, just a better record than the Yankees right now. Sorry, the Phillies are 9-9 after the walk-off yesterday from Andrew Knapp. Phillies with the off day today, and then they go to Colorado for a weekend series tomorrow. And, of course, you can always catch the Phils on Eagle 107. Now, going to the Eagles, we didn't get into this yesterday... So I'll just talk about it real briefly before Steve comes on here and see if he even cares to give his two cents. Is why is it that when Nick Sirianni said yesterday that Jalen Hurts, he wouldn't commit to Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback, why is that a story? Like, why is this such a big deal? I, I don't really understand. I, I don't know what you want him to say. I get it. He's going to be the presumed starter. But you see this all the time from coaches speak. Especially when he's really all about competition that he's talked about since day one. So I don't understand. I really didn't expect... I expected that from him, really. And I just kind of like, "Ah, all right, whatever. You'll get named the starter eventually. It's just him and Joe Flacco right now. And I have my doubts that the Eagles are going to draft a quarterback within the first two days. They could on day three, but 
I don't think they're going to draft anybody days one and two, especially given Jeffrey Lurie's recent comments on making sure that the team builds around Jalen Hurts. And of course, you would hope that the Eagles learn from last year's fiasco of a season involving him and picking him with Carson Wentz still at the helm. But this is Howie Roseman running things, so we'll see. But I just didn't understand why it's a, this was a story yesterday that the Eagles were non-committal on naming Jalen Hurst a starting quarterback. I, I really don't understand it. It's just pure coaches speak, and I think maybe the media forgot about that yesterday. And also one, Emmanuel Acho, a former Eagle who was terrible in his own right. He wasn't even that good of a player, and he's just as bad as a broadcaster, in my opinion at least. And he called Nick Sirianni a dumb liar, I believe was his exact terms on first take or whatever yesterday. Listen, if you think he's a dumb liar over something like this, then obviously there's a reason why you're out of the NFL right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so blunt, but like enough's enough. As you can tell, I'm really not a big fan of his. There you go. And we're in. Yes, we are in. Great to have you with us today. You know, it's interesting. We'll start. I'll make a quick comment about the transfer portal. I think people have seen that Isaiah Brockington has put his name back into the transfer portal. I think we have a pretty good idea about where he might be heading if he does leave. It is the transfer portal is so interesting on so many levels. One day you sit there and you finally feel after, okay, the dust has settled and now you know what your you know, what the makeup of your roster is going to be to start out with. And twenty four hours later that's not true. <laughs> that's the transfer portal. Uh, and that is it's very difficult to coach in these times because of it oh yeah you can make up for it this guy that guy whatever oh you know hey we'll we'll get transfers yeah okay yeah sure you will uh it, not all of them are some of them like Isaiah Brockington was a slice of gold here and has been Sam Sesum slice of gold there have been some really terrific transfers here DJ Newbill, Glenn Secunda, John Amici. I mean, there have been guys that have transferred in that have been invaluable to Penn State basketball. And yeah, they've helped in Penn State football. I mean, Rob Holmberg, who played in the NFL for years with the Raiders, he transferred here from Navy, played football. So it's not like transfers haven't worked well here. And I'm telling you, I really like the transfers they've got here. You know, Arnold Abicati. Derek Tangelo, Johnny Dixon, John Lovett, they're all good players that were brought in. Now, obviously, the Wilson kid from Harvard, the uh, offensive lineman, is not here yet. So I can't really give an evaluation on that. I just hope he can cut it here academically. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's funny we said that in the staff meeting to you-know-who the other day. All right, so... Um, <laughs> S-U-I-T, that spells suit Well played. 
Imagine having your own signature Doug Birdsong call. That is certainly something I would love to have. Oh, he can do one for you. He probably would. I know. I'm sure he would. But the transfer portal giveth, it taketh away, and the moment you feel like you are settled to then move forward, you are not settled. I think there had to be some parameters put on this thing. I think, for example, the pro leagues put parameters on when people can have to declare what they're doing. Because as a pro league, they have to understand what the talent pool potentially could be to select from. So if you're an underclassman, like this past year, it was a January, what, 17, 18. It's always a week after the national championship game. So whatever the Monday was after the national title game. So I think it was January 18th was this this time. And underclassmen had to declare. Now, unbeknownst to most people, but that's why you listen to the show, seniors, because seniors can come back for an additional year after their free year, had to declare to the NFL by March 1st as to whether they were going back or entering the draft. It's the same story with college basketball. They have until, I believe, it's June 29th to absolutely say yes or no as to whether they're staying in the draft or not. There have been a lot of guys that have put their name into the draft. They're taking a cautious approach to it, and others have just said, I'm absolutely in. Uh, But do you have until June 29th to, to state whether you're in or out? So pro leagues have that, and you know, and that's because they're a pro league, and they're the ones that set. They're the ones that set that rule. It is not set by the NCAA. It is the pro leagues that set the rule in conjunction with their players' associations. That's why when you hear people go, "Oh, college has that stupid one and done rule," that's not the that's not the NCAA's rule. That's the NBA's rule. You must be out of high school one year. You must be 19 years of age. That's an NBA rule. That is not a college rule. That's always for the uninitiated. One of the mistakes people make when analyzing one and done. I wonder if there needs to be some sort of parameters put on time frames for individuals to quote make up their mind as to what they want to do how you work that out I don't know but I think I think there needs to be a little something here that allows everybody to feel like they're Set as to what they're doing. Now, what that those parameters are, I don't know. But one day you finally go, okay, you exhale and you say, hey, here we go. All right, all right. Now it's finally the dust is settled. Now let's move forward. No, the dust isn't settled. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not settled. Uh, what is settled now is uh, Micah Shrewsbury's staff here at Penn State. That is now settled. And, you know, we've already talked about the hires he's already made with Mike Farrelly, Adam Fisher, Aki Collins. We've mentioned Nick Colella, Taylor Battle. I know we've mentioned um, uh, Brian Snow as director of recruiting. We talked about that with Mark Brennan on the show yesterday. And the additional one is Mike Green selected as director of player development. And so Mike Green will join here. And he has his roots at Butler along the way. And you're talking about a a two-time Philadelphia Public League all-city selection. It was a 1,000-point score at Franklin Learning Center. So he has absolute Philly roots and has Midwest roots and it has professional roots. So Mike Green is going to be here as the director of player development. And again, Isaiah Brockington is back in the transfer portal. It's just every time you feel like, okay, looks like it finally settled down. Can I just ask a question? Why? Well, I think, <laughs> well, this is the way I understand it. The way I understand it is is that you don't have to contact the player directly, but you can contact others directly. And um, and there's a program that he has always loved out there that might be interested in him going there. How about that? Okay. Maybe not. I mean, I'm just you know. I mean, I'm no, just, I, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, that that is a, a big part of it. In other words, he, he there may this place may not have been an opening for him, and then there was a coaching change. Okay. And I don't mean the coaching change here. I mean the coaching change there. Right. So, look. Um, now, whether it works out or not remains to be seen. I'll keep an open mind as to what's going on. All right. We'll leave it at that. It is, uh, like I said, it's one thing about the transfer portal. You look around, like, I mean, do you have to recruit people every single day? Like, every day? I mean, I realize the station recruits you every day. You're valuable. <laughs> but but even so, like, I look at this two ways. One is if I'm a current college coach, this isn't necessarily a good look for him, in my opinion, unless there's something up with some of the circumstances maybe you talked about there. But then even so, he wants his original plan was to stay with Penn State while I look at maybe some NBA draft feedback. So court on the court is a different story. But in terms of off the off the court things, 
this isn't necessarily a good look for me either, and you're working with guys that have been in the NBA, that have those connections. So I feel like he's going down a dangerous road here just for his own sake, let alone his loyalty to Penn State. I mean, he may pull his name back out of the portal and come back. I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, it's... it's um, I mean, he may pull his name back out of it. I don't know. We just have to wait and see what he's doing again, so we're back on that watch. Uh, you, know, you look at a guy like Joe Milton, for example, on the football side of it, it took him a long time to find a landing spot. And what's going to happen this year, what's happening this year that cannot be understated, that a lot of people who talk about transfers never talk about because they'd rather talk about who's better, LeBron or Tom Brady. Okay, fine. And I just gave you the 24 hours of ESPN radio. Well, how good do you think the Knicks are? I'm like, uh, okay. Do you have the ability to talk about anything deeper than that? And then LeBron's stupid tweets. Well, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, we're not getting into that. I'm not going to get into, look, there's a line between zeal and wisdom. Okay. Good way to put it. Uh, all right. There's, uh, but you know, what do you? How good are the Knicks? Aren't the Knicks great? Well, guess what? You know, ninety nine percent of the country doesn't care about the Knicks. Uh, but you got to talk about something that has some depth to it along the way. And here's one for you. What about the players in this particular year? This is a different year. The NCAA did not increase. The scholarship numbers from 85 to 90 in football and 13 to 15 in basketball. But seniors are allowed to come back and repeat their senior year. So because they didn't, you're still at 85 with some seniors coming back, and you're still at 13 with some seniors coming back. Guess what? There aren't as many rooms at the end. And there are tons of names in the transfer portal in both football and basketball. There's not a couple hundred. It's four digits in both. And they're not all going to get a place to land because there are fewer spots available. Some seniors came back that in the normal cycle would be out and there'd be an opening. Not this time. Never hear anybody talk about that. But... If you listen to ESPN Radio, you have very deep knowledge of the Knicks. All right. And the Lakers. And the Nets. And the Nets. Because that's who we won in the NBA Finals, the Nets and the Lakers. I'll just stop there. We circle back to the conversation from last week, but we'll stop there. That's why why I I can't do a show like that. I can't. If they told me I had to do a show like that, I wouldn't be doing this show. I mean, I, I can't do a show that appeals to the lowest common denominator. I can't do it. Doesn't mean every single segment I do is going to be laced with brilliance. Of course not. Those are the, those are the segments we save for the suit. S U I T. That spells suit. And a break next on ES uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com for Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. Goes through a full certified checklist to get you there. That's why it's the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's outstanding. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Just quickly asking, um, has Bully been back in the office? And if so, was he brought to the corner office? Um, no. And uh, he, so, yeah, so no, he hasn't seen Suit either. The one, but he's the doing one good, though. He's doing, no, he's doing that, better. I believe it's one of the reasons the dog's beginning to thrive. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> S-U-I-T, that spells suit Thank you, Doug. It's absolutely. He's a. <laughs> that's our. That's our Doug. All right. So. Um. So let's get to something that the NCAA wants to do here for football. And that is limit the amount of time in practice that you hit in the preseason. They want to go from 28 hitting practices to 8 in the preseason for college football. Now, they have, to their credit, okay, they've got five years of data looking at concussions. So I so I understand this. Right? Five years worth of data looking at concussions. And remember last week I was talking about there are a lot of new ideas. Not every new idea is a great one. There are a lot of old ideas. Not every old idea is a bad one. But I pointed out that, hey, look, let's talk about something that's a new idea. And I gave a list of new ideas that are really, really great in sports. I gave a list of new ideas that are really great. And one of them I talked about was concussion research and sports performance research. And that research is being used for this purpose, to take a look at how much you should be practicing and hitting during the preseason because their research of five years' worth of data shows that a very significant percentage of concussions occur in practices. Now, later on in life, some people use them as excuses in staff meetings. S-U-I-T, that spells suit Until we're going to be hearing that a lot. So, I look at this, 
And I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I can understand the thought process of cutting back. But not as dramatically as they want to cut back. So this is what they want to do. Recommendations include the reduction of full padded practices from 21 to 8, limiting each team to two full scrimmages and banning full-speed collision drills like the Oklahoma drill. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that part of it. In other words, okay, you want to eliminate the Oklahoma drill? Fine. Most times in the preseason, your full team usually has two scrimmages. So that's not a change. Usually when it's a third scrimmage, the third scrimmage is that you're trying to weed out some players at the end to see who might be somebody that, when it comes to the travel squad, they should be on it. That's normally what the third scrimmage is about, and it goes back to the beginning of time. Uh, where you're, you know, that third one, okay, you got, you know, threes, fours, now you're trying to see, like, who should, you know, you got 74 people you can take on the road. Penn State's opening game is a Big Ten game. They're going to have to take 74 to Wisconsin. Okay, who really do you need now to fill spots 64 to 74? That's sometimes what that third scrimmage means. Um, but primarily when the full team is scrimmaging, there's usually just two in the preseason anyway, and that goes all the way back. Uh Legislation would formalize what has largely occurred organically in FBS football in the ongoing player safety movement. Injury statistics have long proved that most injuries, especially brain trauma, do occur during practices, which I pointed out earlier. This comes on the heels of a five-year study that concluded half of the concussions suffered by players took place in preseason camp. Nearly three-quarters of them happened outside of actual games. Got it. West Virginia Athletic Director Shane Lyons, who's the chair of the FOC, says the data is the data, and he made that statement to Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated, by the way, was the first one to report these potential changes. We have to reduce the exposure that we're having with concussions in the preseason practice time period. These changes, which have yet to be approved, have been in the works for a long time. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports reported that it SEC coaches specifically discussed the future of the Oklahoma drill after NFL coaches suggested that its teams stop using it in camp. Atlanta Falcons president and CEO Rich McKay, who also serves as the chair of the NFL's competition committee, previously discussed said making that change would reduce injuries and send a message to the football world as a whole. Is there a purpose for the Oklahoma drill? Sure. Okay, There is a purpose for it, especially for younger players. There's a purpose for it. But can you get by without it? Yes. If they were to eliminate it, it would not set football back as we know it. Uh, does it enhance what you're trying to do, especially with younger players? Yes, it does. There's a there's there's a great purpose to it. I mean, it's a competition period. No getting around it. But can you get by without it? Sure. In 2016, the NCAA recommended only one full padded practice per week during the season. Essentially, the Big 12, I believe, is the only one that has gone that route. Most Big 12 schools go full padded practice on Tuesday. The you know, It's actually what they said. They, they said one full padded practice. No, it was they allowed you two full padded deals a week. The second one was the game. 
I believe the Big Ten says three. In 2017, the CFL, known to the suit as the Canadian Football League, did away with all padded practices during the season. Suit's a big fan of the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. College coaches, yes, uh, the CFL did away with all padded practices during the season. College coaches have found that thud practices, hitting but not tackling players to the ground, are effective and also reduce injury. So let's talk about that for a moment. I remember when Bill O'Brien came here and Penn State had reduced numbers, eventually got down to 63 scholarship players. People were asking, how do you practice when you have fewer players on scholarship or allowed in camp? And he said, look, he said, we're just going to have to do more thud. And everybody out there, I'm talking about everybody out there. This thud concept. Oh, they kept running. Jack Ham and I are looking at each other. We'd be asked about in the pregame show. We look at you like, what the heck are you talking about? And people were wondering why we'd give them confused looks as they, they, it was something new. We're like, what? I mean, you know how many times I saw Joe Paterno run thud practices? How many times a year? How many times a week? Where I saw Joe say, okay, guys, it's thud. I wasn't going to do the impersonation. In fact, the first time they would do it in the spring, Joe would gather the team around in a circle and he'd explain the concept. First time they'd do it in the preseason and in August, he'd gather the team around and remind them of what the concept was. Essentially, it is, boom, you go up, quick wrap. I, I always refer to it as, as catch and release. So it's not new. It goes back. And Joe Paterno was doing this a couple of decades ago. All right? Because as time has gone, people have understood you need to practice smarter. And this goes back to new concepts. You've got, yes, you have hitting, but you have thud. You have tag off. There are a lot of ways to do this that bring with it the same concepts along the way. And people aren't bashing each other to do it. One issue involved in enforcing such new rules that practices are largely conduct one issue involved in enforcing such new rules that practices are largely conducted behind closed doors. When each season practices are limited, skeptics wonder whether teams are increasing hitting during the week of a big rivalry game when the preparation is stepped up. Okay. I'll be honest with you. That paragraph is a ridiculous statement. When do most rivalry games take place, Matt? Well, usually for college football later in the year. And guess what teams do as the year goes along? They ramp things up. No, they reduce. Well, they reduce it down, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. They ran. Okay, okay. They're they're cutting minutes off of periods. They're doing less hitting. Right? Because, see, that's where, it, like, if you're not around it, you don't get it. And I realize that I, I'm fortunate I've got the access to see it. But sports performance, so let's go to another new idea that's terrific. You practice smarter because of what sports performance tells you. Players will get these chips that are put into their jerseys that, that bring back data that they use. 
Now they have years worth of data showing, you know, heart rate. I mean, there's a, a number of items that are on there that they can look at. And what used to be a line that would be, let's just say the line is at 100 in August when you start. That line might dip down to, I know, let's pick one, 65 by November. Now, because of sports performance and the ability to practice smarter in terms of how often you hit, how often you don't hit, they're trying to get that line from 100, and you'll see, and I've seen the data, amazing how the, the, the line gradually goes down. And maybe instead of being 65, it's 80 to 85. It's amazing when you see the data, and I've had a chance to see it. Now here's another part. I can understand why they want to roll back hitting from 21. Eight's too low a number, in my opinion. Of, among those eight, okay, it's really only six in practice because two of them are scrimmages, right? So now you're really you're saying six. I could see if they wanted to say, let's go from 21 to 14 with 12 of them being hitting and two scrimmages, or maybe 21 to 12 if you really wanted to with 10 hitting and two scrimmages. Okay, maybe I could buy into that. But I think that hitting... You have to have some hitting because you need that proper tackling. And I think it also, if you do it right, believe it or not, and, and they now have the additional shells that they put over their helmets now in practice. The helmets they wear in practice are not the helmets they wear in games. They don't wear their game helmets in practice. They have these... Uh, hard rubber shells they put over and then the linemen have additional football helmet shells that they put over their practice shells in practice. So they've got double that they use. I think that's made a big difference. That's made a big difference. I also think that you reduce game injuries by having hitting. And most Programs, when they get to about 9 to 11 days out somewhere in there before the first game, they're not hitting anymore. They're trying to make sure they've got the legs to play the opener. Everybody, I mean, Joe is, I mean, Joe is really meticulous. Bill O'Brien and James, is, they're all meticulous about, hey, look, I want to make sure we got legs to play the opener. I can't, we can't keep doing this. You have nobody, I... I, I Always one of the questions I ask in the first pregame show interview, whether it was Joe, Bill O'Brien, or James Franklin. Always. Okay? Always one of the questions that after going through the preseason, you've watched your team this week. Do you feel like, you know, because of how you've worked the last week, week and a half, that you've got the legs now for the opener? I always ask that question because I know that's a quite that is something they talk about as a staff all the time. Well, that means you're not belting each other the last week, you know, the last nine, ten days before the opener. You're not doing that. Reduction? Sure. But if 21 down to eight, I realize everybody would be doing it. 
And by the way, for all of you who have tunnel vision about your team, and you do, I mean, there are very few big picture fans out there. Like there, in fact, there are hardly any big picture fans out there. Hey, no offense, but I'll spell it out to you. Penn State, they're the lousy tackling. Uh, in the first two games of the season, why don't you watch the games? All of them are not tackling well. Nobody tackles well in the NFL, in high school, or in college the first two weeks of the season. Because you're not doing as much tackling in practice. I mean, like I'm talking about tackle, wrap, take to the ground tackling. You're just not. It's not just Penn State. Again, the world of tunnel vision. Everybody is struggling tackling the first couple of weeks because they're not used to doing it until you get into the games. That's because of how you practice now. Donnie Collins, next half hour. Great to have you with us. More on this. I'm going to talk more about this a little bit later. Um, because I know in our staff meetings, the suit introduced Thud. Well, uh, S-U-I-T, that spells suit And when it comes to Thud, it was mostly like some of the promotional ideas he had. Back with more in a moment. What? Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Aaron Boone, by the way, says he's going to talk to Glaber Torres about <clears throat> his effort. There's a lot of things he needs to talk to him about. <laughs> Not exactly running out ground balls. Yeah. All right. Donnie Collins, next half hour, we'll talk Penn State football. Well, we have the King tomorrow. We do. All right. Oh, ranking. Well, here's one. Ranking the 10 biggest draft busts in the last 30 years. Let's look at the list here quickly. Bang, bang, boo. There's six Eagles on here. All right. Uh, this is my surprise face. <laughs> All right. Actually, there are no Eagles on here. That's shocking. It's the, it's Achilles Smith and Jamarcus Russell and uh, Ryan Leaf and Charles Rogers and Lawrence Phillips and Heath Schuler, Steve Entman, Justin Blackman, uh, Justin Gilbert, and Vernon Golston. 